Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of Building It Up with Bertelsmann India's first podcast that focuses on the growth story of Indian startups. I am your host Ankur Variku and this is a special one. We've had such a terrific journey. We've had close to 12 episodes. Had so many smart intellectually inclined path-breaking leaders that have come in and shared their stories with us have had really honest conversations and the 2025 minutes of every episode has genuinely left me supremely enriched a lot inspired and i hope that every one of our listeners have felt the same way what i thought would be a good episode is to use this occasion and just share what has been my key takeaways from all the episodes that we have had and there's just so much that every episode ends up talking to because depending on your context and depending on where you are your takeaways will always be very different from someone else's we had a total of about 12 episodes and we had people from across every sphere we had people from china we had people from the us and we had people who had been serial entrepreneurs we had people who have looked at those entrepreneurs from a and I have great things to say and um, here is what i think are the top 5 or 6 things six things that i took away number 1 and in no particular order was it was very obvious that almost everyone echoed the sentiment that culture is the deputy ceo of a firm so there's this famous anecdote that culture is what is left behind when the ceo walks out of a boardroom and that was what every sentiment reflected in all the conversation then that came about i remember this one chat with prasanjit who is the co-founder of great place to work where he says you know what the great place to work is not the one which offers free food and foosball games and bean bags and what not it's generally just about the environment that allows employees to achieve their personal vision so in a great place to work what prasanjit knows and has clearly seen after working with so many companies that are great places to work the culture effectively becomes the ceo and kunal shah the founder of free charge now founder of cred a very dear friend uh, we talked about how he has gone about building this culture of trust which he strongly stands by uh, one of the things that i remember is how he completely dismissed the annual review system which of course has been done by a lot of companies but what he also did was he started giving out macbooks along with the offer letter and that's an insane level of trust which people are not used to so guess what every offer that he made from there on was accepted I was just so mind blown with this example that we're like I have to do this at nearby. So the first thing I did was just get back to office and spoke to HR and finances as how can we pull this off and we found a way of doing it. So I can probably say that whatever Kunal Shah's experience was we've implemented it at nearby and we've had 100% hit rate as well. In fact there were people who called in saying uh, I I think you've sent a MacBook by mistake. And we were like no it's not by mistake we genuinely want you to have it because we're really excited to have you. And this is just such a great example of how you can use a culture of trust to build it so first takeaway culture is the deputy ceo second the customer's money is any day more useful than the investor's money and i don't think there can be a better person who can speak on this than sanjeev bikchandani this was the first episode we shot it was just such an honor to have him the co-founder of infoedge he has built nokri into what it is right now and he spoke about how the ipo was a great thing if your company is ready for it because an ipo is forever and it has to be serviced and investors have to be given a return but what he said in his candid honesty is that 
customer's money is just far, far, far more critical than the investor's money. Because the biggest companies and perhaps the most successful ones across the world are the ones that didn't raise a lot of VC money and were definitely not raising it as early as most companies do today and yet went on to become successful. In the same breath, when I was speaking to Kunal Shah, he also pointed out that is in an experience, in his experience, overcapitalized startups, they tend to make a lot more mistakes by experimenting without sufficient data or market research, just because they think that they have the cushion of wasting money, if I would say so, because they have a lot of it. And uh, I genuinely believe that. It, it will be somewhat hypocritical of me to say that uh, you shouldn't raise money because I'm, I'm someone who has, but I, I do think when I reflect back on my journey of nearby, the best position that we have been in was when we didn't need the money and someone was willing to offer it. Because that's when you are in a capacity where you know that you've done everything right and everything honestly to command a respect and a credible position in front of an investor. And that's largely only because your product has worked for you, your customers love you, and your product market fit has established. The third, everyone knows it, but it's just so, so, so hard. Hiring the right talent is the key to every possible thing, especially if you are the 10 to 100 startup. Because now you've got to a point where you've started up, so congratulations on the first step. You've got the product market fit and you've got to a 1 to 10 journey. Great. But generally, the thing that will take you from 10 to 100 is not going to be more money. It's not going to be a bigger opportunity. It's not going to be a bigger product or a better one at that. It's going to be the right set of people. And that starts by analyzing and critically evaluating how is it that you hire talent. And we had so many answers to these questions. I made it a point to ask this to almost every individual that I met. Uh, I remember Ashwin, who's a co-founder of Eroditus. He has had a great experience because he's hired internationally. Uh, and he, he said that you know, it, it's, it's very, very important that when you're hiring people, you hire them for the context that they will be operating in. For Ashwin, the context was the local operation. So as it may be very easy for an Indian entrepreneur trying to, say, set up base in the UK to send people from India to UK, Ashwin's point was, no, it perhaps is useful to get local talent because then the context is very, very close to what they will actually be experiencing. Alok Kejriwal, who's built Games to Win in a, in such a successful manner, um, he he built the entire company on the tenet that his company will be from India, but not for India. And then what he did was really internalize what does it take to think of talent that will be thinking for products outside of India and get operating from India. The big takeaway in a lot of conversations that I did was hiring or people continues to be the biggest thing that occupies the mindset of entrepreneurs, which takes me to my next takeaway, and that is, does the founder's background matter? Now, it's fashionable nowadays that, oh, you've got to be a techie to win and you've got to be from IIT, IM to draw the best VC money and so on. Maybe there's some truth, maybe there's not. But I think the question that I posed to a lot of my guests was, given your background, given what you've built, how much of a correlation do you think there is to it? Uh, Alok, he spoke about the the naive nature of creativity. And, and you know, he generally said how lack of knowledge or an expertise in a subject can actually help a founder because then the founder, assuming that the founder is very curious, will ask questions from first principles. There is no bias. There is no baggage. There's nothing that's preceding your thought. And all that you know is I got to determine this 
at a root cause level and from first principles. Deep Kalra, on the other hand, was like, if I had to do it all over again, I would actually start with a co-founder with complementary skills. Um, if you reflect back on the episode with Deep, uh, he spoke about how MMT in these original days actually struggled to build a great product. Uh, they had to go through multiple hops, and it was only after a long time did Deep settle on the tech talent that he thought was the best at MMT. That talent has continued to stay. MMT today has one of the best products in the market, and that comes from someone who's not a techie. And I think I think he was totally bang on when he said that one has to be a business person while the other partner needs to be a techie because that combination works really well. And I can say that from my personal experience. I'm not a techie either. I do not know how to code. I can speak to an engineer in their language, but I had to depend on my co-founder, Snehesh, who's a techie and a brilliant one at that, to build nearby into what it is today. And none of what you see at nearby and what we continue to do would have been possible without him. Uh, Irrespective of how much I thought of it and what the vision I had as the CEO and so on, it is very critical that the centerpiece of your technology startup rests on someone who's technically capable. So my takeaway from that is the founder's background in several ways does not matter. What matters is who does the founder surround themselves? A very obvious takeaway from the conversation was also the fact that great products sell themselves. They really don't need any push. They don't need marketing dollars. They don't really need an overinvestment of sorts. And I'm glad that we had Alok Kejriwal come in with a very contrarian view. Uh, he has scaled games to win to 170 million downloads and he has not spent a single penny. And when I say a single penny, it actually means a single penny. And he's built this, he's sold three successful companies in India and abroad, and he generally thinks that the key to build products that sell themselves is to have an inherent quality of discovery by word of mouth. Because in the absence of that, what you're doing is just spending money over and over again to acquire a customer, but that customer is not essentially your brand ambassador. So the amount of dollars that you'll have to spend to get the incremental customer is never going down, and that is a death trap. And we see enough examples all across the country and the world where people that have rested themselves on high CAC models have not gone on to be really successful, or even if they have been, it's not come across very financially prudent. Uh, And that was the big takeaway for me. Another one which uh, I generally believe in a lot is the art of storytelling. And uh, I remember in the early episodes, Sharnaz Davar had come in and, and we spoke about how she's so passionate about storytelling. And as an executive advisor at Google Ventures, she spends a lot of time with entrepreneurs guiding them on what the storytelling practices are and how they can benefit from that. And um, in my admission, I I genuinely feel that this is one of the missed opportunities that Indian entrepreneurs uh, tend to ignore because storytelling is probably the least understood aspect of business. And um, I quote Shraddha Sharma, the co-founder of Your Story, when we spoke with her, uh, which she said that when we as humans struggle to tell our own stories, it reflects in our businesses as well. And that's such a strong statement to make because at least I am personally of the view that if you are unable to weave your own story, then you will always struggle to weave it for someone else. And don't get me wrong, this is not about you being great with English, you being a great 
terrific public speaker or you've been comfortable with the camera and so on. It's just who you are, but you're just comfortable with that art. Shanaz is very passionate and she, she believes that founders need to share that story or their vision and integrate it with business in a way that it becomes an essential component of their core existence. Like it's, it's important that startups are aware of the why than the how. Why do we exist? Why does anyone care? Why should anyone get up in the morning and show up? Because those are important things that you as a founder should care about. And while there's a lot of literature around how to raise money and how to build great products and how to hire right and so on, I'm glad that Building It Up with Berthelsmann featured an aspect of entrepreneurship that is largely not spoken about or is just misunderstood and that's storytelling. So that's my big, big takeaway. The last one I think is when you're scaling up and particularly when you're scaling up sales and whether it could be in the same city, it could be different cities and so on, you have to at some point of time start focusing on the on-ground sales teams rather than the leadership that comes with it. Because the kind of people that you're hiring on the ground is going to be farther and farther away from where you sit on a daily and an hourly basis. And it's supremely critical that you set the right organization structure to be able to manage that on-ground team while being able to be remotely just distant from them. And I think there was no one better than Hitesh Oberoi, the managing director and CEO of InfoAge, who came in and, and really taught us how uh, to run this setup. And... Um, and he, he, he generally said that when it comes to scaling and when it comes to selling in, say, different cities, it is your on-ground team that is the most important. So getting the right sales leader in that market is critical. Understanding what is the operational and the process technological way of managing this team is critical. And after you have penetrated the market, you need to figure out how to upsell and continue doing so. Um, and I can speak from my experience. We... We have offices in 13 cities. It's, it's not as easy to manage a multi-city sales setup. But what's really worked for us in hindsight and when I was reflecting on my conversation with Hitesh is we've done a good job of just over-investing in the sales process at nearby so that the sales leaders that we have in each of the cities and the on-ground team that we have have a very clear operating procedure. And there is very little leeway for people to exercise their judgment because we are almost clinically telling them and how they can be great at what they do. And that helps them succeed and eventually helps the company succeeds. So in summary, I, I go back to culture being a very important part. In fact, calling it the deputy CEO. I say that the customer's money is more useful than the investor's money. I believe that hiring the right talent is the key to doing anything and everything once you're scaling up. I genuinely believe that the founder's background or where you come from does not matter as much as who do you surround yourself with that matters. Great products will always sell themselves and that will be the holy grail of building any startup. Storytelling is a massively misunderstood aspect of business and in my opinion is the key to engaging your internal and external shareholders. And when it comes to scaling, particularly a sales org, focus on the process that you set for your on guard sales team because that's what's going to make them clinically successful. That's it all. These are my top takeaways from season one of Building It Up with Bertelsmann where 
I had such a terrific time and I'm just so blessed and so grateful that I got this opportunity. We started off with three episodes. This was August 30th, 2018 and we genuinely didn't know how far we will go in there. We were very clear that we wanted to do 12 episodes, but did we know that it would become the resounding success that it has? No, clearly not. And I'm just so, so happy that the team who has worked so hard in all the research, of course, our guests that did that have contributed immensely to make this India's number one business focused podcast as per no one else than Apple. We've had more than 25,000 listens. Over two and a half million audiences have been reached with this podcast. And what I love is that it's not just been appreciated in India, but across the world. Uh, in fact, U.S. is our second largest market after India. So I'm, again, very grateful to all of you for your time. Thank you so much. It'll be great to have your suggestions come through. Guests that you would love to hear from, anything else that you feel we should be different, doing differently. I promise to be back very soon with the next season of exciting episodes and never heard before conversations and people who have mastered the art of building it up. Till then, it's been an absolute pleasure. This is your host, Ankur Variku, signing off. Have a fantastic month in 2019 ahead. 